It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk cheese. Recorded live. Sorry, that was loud. Almost deafened me. <laughs> Oof. All right. So here we are in week seven of our Michael's Minions Divine Guardianship course. And we're ready to get into the temple, calling the angels, and calling our protection so that we can do the work that we need to do here today. Few deep breaths to get centered. Because I tell you right now, I need it. <laughs> I need to get centered. <laughs> Me too. Almighty and Most High, Father, Mother, God, find source of all that is. Beloved angels, archangels, ascended masters, beloved Jesus, Mother Mary, Holy Spirit, higher selves, guardians, and guides of Kathy and myself, most high, holy, loving seraphim angels. I call upon you now, beloved ones, as I invoke the presence of the Heartline Temple from the etheric into the physical realms where Kathy and I now exist to surround us and enfold us in its holy and sacred space and its divine protection. And I intend that this heart-like temple shall remain in place in both the etheric and physical realms for the full duration of this class. So it is. Beloved ones, I thank you for your presence here surrounding us and enfolding us, bringing us light and love, wisdom, healing, knowledge, support, grace, and protection. I ask that you support us both in this class to receive all that we are meant to receive. Help me to bring through to Kathy everything that she needs to do um, her job as Divine Guardian and help Kathy to receive what she needs easily and clearly. I call on beloved Archangel Michael now and your band of mercy angels. And I ask you, Michael, to surround this space and above and below, shield, defend, and protect this temple and everything in it, in the physical and the etheric, from all that is not of the light, 
from all that is not in service to our highest good and from all that is not in support purposes and goals for which we have invoked this temple today. Beloved Michael, I ask you to remove all such things from within your circle of protection now. Now, beloved Archangel Michael, please cut from us and cauterize all cords of attachment. Please remove from us, Michael, all negative, fearful, discordant, non-serving, toxic, and low vibrational energies. Remove from us and from this temple all external sources of these things. Remove from us all entity energies. Take these entities, Michael, into the vortex of divine source to be held there in God's light and transmuted by us. In the name of the one true God, and so it is. Removed from us also, Michael. And connections. Move all entities coming to us through them. Entities also. From us and any other source hosts. Once more to be held and transmuted in God's life according to His will. In the name of the Most High, nothing God, and so it is. We might clear from us everything that came to us through these attachments and intrusions.
call them to us. Beloved Raphael, please heal any wounds or fears, memories that are um, fostering these entity intrusions. Beloved Archangel Michael, I call on you now and ask you to place your cloak and shield around all the electronics each of us is exposed to. Maintain that shield at its highest intensity, density, integrity, protective and shielding power now and for the next 12 hours or something better. Need be, station your angels around these and these devices to maintain these cloaking shields. Move from the full attachments to these electronics, Michael. Foster them. Remove from us everything that has come through these attachments. Everything that has been produced as a result. Beloved Archangel Michael, I also ask you to close all portals, gateways, and dimensional doorways that access to our energies that are not in service to God's will and purpose for us. All these shut with your beautiful cobalt blue light laser. And I place on both sides of these portals, Michael. Your beautiful, blazing, brilliant cobalt blue light. I ask that you remove from us all that is in opposition to your signal. Once more, I call upon you and ask that you remove from us all that has come through these portals.
all call them into being directly or indirectly. Everything that is communicating inside of these portals. Move from us all cords and connections of any kind. producing these connections. Grab another trunk, please balance our energies, dear one. Wow. Okay. So as I was doing that, I was guided to ask you what you got from that. What I got from that? Yeah. What was what were you seeing or sensing um, during that that was going on? <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure. I had a lot of muscle twitching in my in my right arm, which in my right hand. I don't know what was going on. It was kind of weird. It was like something my mom used to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had uh, Louis Body Dimension Parkinson's, and it just seemed like she was around. It was very, I don't know. And then I was, and then I pictured you. I had a picture of you. I, there was a bright yellow light, and then a picture of you. And mm-hmm. like you're all healed. And there was like a bright yellow light around you. It was really mm-hmm. quite pretty. <laughs> yeah, the gold the, the actually golden golden light. Yeah. Golden light, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, did you get any sense as to what it was that we were clearing that was that was um coming to us? You know, I'm I'm not quite I'm not quite sure. You know, I'm Okay. Did you get any um Did you get any sensation of um psychic connection? Yeah, there was a little bit going on there. I, you know, I, 
I'm not quite sure. Some, a friend of my husband, his son was just killed last week, and all I keep hearing was little Joey, little Joey, little Joey. Um, but other than that, mm, I'm not sure. I, You know, I've been kind of closed. Oh. I've been very closed off a lot since last Wednesday. Yeah. Very closed off, and it's kind of like my whole yeah, just, everything has just been shut down. Well, why? Because since the kid died. Yeah, because yeah, he, okay. The day that he died, you know, we uh, my husband had just talked to his father, and you know, they're both into tractors, and his oldest son is around the same age as my oldest son, and yeah. the, you know, the next day I didn't know what you know what his son was called. I didn't know his name. I didn't know he was a junior. All I knew was they, my husband always said, you know, Joe and the boy, the boy. Yeah. You know, so, and, and his, and all I kept hearing was little Joey, little Joey on Thursday. And I called my husband. I'm like, was he a junior? And he's like, yeah. I said, did they call, did he call him little Joey? And he's like, yeah, that's all Joe called him. I said, well, I never remember. You know, he always said the the yeah. boy. And and it's like he's coming through with. It's just a situation I just don't want to get into, as far as. Well, I think that you're. I think that you're going to get into it. Oh dear God. <laughs> it's not. It's not anywhere near. Um, what I'm getting. It actually. We're. We're going to do this today. Um, we're going to get into this today. Um, but there's a very. I'm getting very strong. Um, psychic pressure on my third eye. I'm yeah, I got yeah. I I was like blocking. I'm I'm trying to because I don't know the man that well and right. It's such a touchy situation, you know. I just kept hearing, just tell my dad I love him. I'm sorry, I couldn't do it. I I got I picked up on that he committed that he actually caused the accident on purpose. Well, he he is he hasn't passed into the light yet. Um, that I can so that's, that's what's going on. So, um, well, he doesn't want to. He, you know, he I mean he hasn't gone into the light. He's afraid to go into the light. Oh, I, and there's a reason behind. And I got chills. Oh my gosh, I got chills. There's a reason. There's a reason behind that. And I know there's a reason why he. I'm gonna have to help him. Yeah. And yeah. I just I just blocked off because it's. I can't say it while it's while this is being recorded. I just it's something I can't talk about why he's not going. Right. And yeah. That's yeah my, okay. My whole head is like yeah, numb, numbness, and tingling. Mhm. Yeah. Well, that's him. And the day of, that night and the day after, I couldn't figure out that night. I couldn't figure out how why the whole right side of my head and the right side of my body just hurt so bad, and he didn't have his seatbelt on. He what? He, oh, he, he didn't, didn't have his seatbelt on. Oh, jeez. He had his seatbelt on, and he hit another car head on, and this is a young man that never did drugs, didn't out, didn't do alcohol. It was yeah. 7 o'clock in the evening when it happened, right outside of Hershey, or right inside mm. of Hershey. And, well, I hope I can help him. 
I just yeah. Knew. You you will. I, um, I I knew there was something cooking here today, and I just didn't know what it was. Um, there may be more. I'm getting a yes from Michael on that. Okay. <laughs> so um, you'll you're gonna get a little practice today. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So the first thing that I have here, there's just a couple more angels that it came to me to to include um, in your list of of angels and what they do mm-hmm. that we started last week. And the first one here is the angel Fanuel, who is the angel of hope. But he also is said to be the angel who kept Daniel safe in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. And has the power to command demons. So if you're ha- you know if you're if you're dealing with somebody and you know you're dealing with a demonic presence, right? And you're having you know difficulties with it. You can call in Samuel to command the demon um, away. Oh, because sometimes they don't want to leave, they have reasons where they really are, they really don't want to let go or um, something's going on that, you know, that you can't get to the bottom of that seems to be holding them there. Uh, Or you get a situation like I had with, um, you know, demons that I couldn't remove from the other party. Mm -hmm. So there was still that possibility of connection and all, or they, you know, because of that, they wouldn't go away. They were duly connected. So there are times when you you have that come into play where you can ask Fanuel to, to command the demon from your client, command it away. And um, once it's disconnected, you can ask Michael to take it, you know, from from the client. But sometimes they just there's reasons they don't disconnect. And so Fanuel can command it. Well, it's really, and it's really interesting because Michael doesn't have command over the demons. He can vanquish them, mm-hmm. but he can't command them, and Fanuel has the power to command demons. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's a little, a little differentiation point there. Michael's, Michael's the bouncer. Uh-huh. You know, but he, you know, once once they're presented to him and they, they are able to, he has the ability to remove them when they're ready to be removed. If they resist being removed for some reason, then we have to get them removed. Um, you know, we have to get rid of that resistance. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the second one is the angel Galgaliel, who is the angel of vibration. And he could just be moved, you know, he's a very handy angel to have around, uh, used in a lot of situations, I use for a lot of other things. Um, but when we're doing cleanup, a lot of times uh, it'll come to me to ask Galileo to come in and remove all entity frequencies and anything producing those frequencies <clears throat> from a person's energy fields. Oh, Okay. Yeah, because they, they can be left hanging around. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So get into the, into the meat of things here today. So when we're performing entity removals and, and clearings, there is, you know, there's a lot to consider, and we've talked about a lot of this going forward and everything. And 
the, I don't want you to get, again, bogged down in the details. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, oh, my God, I'm never going to remember this. How am I going to do this? Just <laughs> trust that when you need to know something or when you need something to access it, it will be there for you. Right. It will come to you uh-huh. so that you'll know what to do. We are going through this and just giving a general idea of what's involved. And, you know, and the different ways to uh, approach each situation. I'm just giving you generalities here uh, in in a lot of cases. So first off, um, again, we said last week, do not try to recite these rituals the way I have created them. Right. You may try, you know, you may use them the way I've written them the first couple of times, but once you get the feel for them, then you know you can use your own words. We don't uh-huh. want to, you don't you don't want to get outside of your own power by trying so hard to use my words. Right. You know, there are certain things, parts of those things that you really need to include, but how you word them is up to you. Mm-hmm. So just just have faith in that. And I know that you've already been uh, working with that, and you're pretty good with that, which is wonderful. So, now, again, when we are clearing entities, we don't only just clear the entity, but we've got to do the cleanup. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much going on in the background. We've got to, you know, get rid of the garbage, and we have to clear and heal up the damage uh, that took place. And um, I, incur- I tell you, I, as I have written here, I don't know of anybody else who teaches this or does this. Right. Everybody else is all about, okay, remove the entity, then it's done. But it's not. Because if you don't remove, one, the reason the entity was there in the first place, how it got there, Mm-hmm what it did and what it left behind. Right. You're not, always... Yeah, you're leaving the door open for further infestations and garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so you have to do this cleanup. You can't avoid it and really have the job done. And even so, there's still going to be things that we may not find It will invite this thing back in, but in some cases, it's when it, when the entity comes back, that's when we're led to other things, mm-hmm. and you know, deeper things that are going on. For instance, I told you about the the client of mine who had um, the stalker. Yeah, she dated for years and, and or dated for a while, and. Um, that was bringing her, you know, there, there were entities and everything centered around that and, and around the central issue. Um, you know, and then we worked with that a lot. And then the, the issue, we, you know, I was assuming that once we got rid of that, that the issue she was having would go away. And mm-hmm. it turned out that the issue she was having um, resurfaced, not as strong, but it resurfaced. Um, because there were other layers to it that needed to be addressed. 
and sometimes this is what happens with with entity involvement. You know, we we get rid of the entity, and you know we know what is bringing the entity in and what they're feeding upon, but sometimes we don't get to the bottom of of exactly what's going on right away. So anyway. I feel like I'm just blathering today. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, so when we don't address everything that we can possibly find or guided to in the cleanup process, we're just leaving the door open. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that we have to uh, work on and address is is to know where the entity is located. Is it located yeah. on the generational matrix? Is it out in a past life? Or is it coming from an ancestral lifetime? Is it coming from electronics? Mm-hmm. You know, any number. Is it coming from another person through a cord of attachment? You know, is that how we're connected with? We have to understand, you know, or is it just a, a straight old direct attachment to our energy fields? You know, it there are different ways of dealing with each of those situations. Uh huh. All right, I'm going to ask you right now to sense me. Is there something going on here? And I'm not exactly sure what it is. But I'm having trouble getting my mind around things. It's not a foggy mind. It's almost like there's static up there somewhere. Yeah, static. That's what I... mm. Getting any sense of what's causing it? There's so much energy. I've got so much, it's like an electricity. Mhm. And and it's not letting me concentrate. I it's it's not See, that's uh, exactly what it's doing. This is okay, Michael. Please uh please take this. This is now I got it while we were sitting there. It's it's this discarnate spirit. It's just it's not letting me even close my eyes. My everything just starts jumping. It's Yeah. All right, beloved Archangel Michael, please remove this discarnate spirit away from our energy fields. You will be safe. We will take care of you. Um, But you need to allow us to do our work, and your energy is so strong that we need you to be cleared from our, our fields. Please just step back for a little bit. And I will help you then. Yeah, and Michael, please um, clear his energies. 
Okay, Lori, bring your peace. That's the first time I've ever come in contact with someone who is newly passed like that. Oh, it's quite freaky when it happens. And it can be quite yeah. difficult to, to to remove them. They, yeah. just want to be heard. they just want to be heard. They just want to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the basic removal process. First step is always, always, always work from a protected space. You know that, but I'm not, you know, I can't say it often enough. Right. And, and you know, I'm not to say. I still get into into situations where I'm just in the middle of doing something and I go ahead and I try to do the clearing and stuff without um, going through the protections that I really ought to do. Um, and sometimes I pay the price for it. But, um, you know, we just have to make sure that we do that and do it and do it and do it. So, again, clear and shield your own energies. If you have the ability to um, and you have them with you, take three drops of each of your spiritual protection essences. Uh-huh. Which will help you be shielded and protected while you're working. Right. Um, and make sure your cords are cut. Invoke mm-hmm. the presence of the tem- of the Heartlight Temple, which you already have the means to do whenever possible to surround and protect you. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do the same thing. You've got to clear and shield the biofields of your client too. Mm-hmm. Now you might say, "All right, why do I need to clear and shield my client? Because I'm here to remove entities anyway." And the reason for that is kind of showing up here today. Because when we do the clearing and shielding, what we're doing is we're getting, a, we're getting rid of the static, kind of, you know, what I call energetic smog. Yeah. That, that's hanging out in the energy fields. Um, and maybe any low-level entities that, that can be removed very easily at that point. Because normally when we get called in to help somebody, it's not just your garden variety negative entity that's hanging around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those things will bit get cleared out, but the ones that you are, that need your attention uh, will not be. And you can also learn things as we did today by going through the clearing process. Mm-hmm. You can sense that there's some, you know, there may be something else going on um, that that is involved in the situation. Uh huh. And that will help you when it comes time to uh, removing. You may get information about where this thing might be when you're doing the clearing and shielding. Mm-hmm. How it's attached. So just always do the clearing and shielding of your clients, too. 
Now, the next thing after you get done with that uh, is communing. You, you have your little inner conversation with the angels and your higher self to get a sense uh, and information about what kind of McNasties you're dealing with. Is it, is it a is it an entity? Is it a dark spirit, discarnate spirit? Is it demonic? Is it something else? To get the get the idea of what it is that you're dealing with, so you have a better sense of how to approach the clearing. And again, whether they're directly or indirectly accessing your client, you know, you have a, a dark spirit sitting outside your, your client's energy fields with a, with a cord of attachment, um, or is it accessing from a past life or a generational connection, or from another person? Is it, you know, is it connected to a bunch of other people, which, as I said before, dark spirits tend to like to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's your next step, is to get a sense of what it is you're dealing with before you go into the actual clearing. Then you're going to call in Archangel Michael to remove the entity and send it into the light. And my my example here, it's the very beginning, and you've heard me do this or something like it you know, a number of times, is Archangel Michael, I call upon you now and ask that you remove this entity from whoever it is and take it into the vortex of divine source to be held and transmuted in God's light and dealt with according to God's will or his will. Um, So be it in God's name and so it is. Sometimes if I'm dealing with something that I'm really pissed off at because <laughs> I've been because I've been messing with it and it's been giving me resistance. I'll just say, Michael, just take this into the into the light of the great central sun. It's like, you know, take it into the furnace of the great central sun. Incinerate it, son of a gun. I'm done with that. Let's <laughs> not get I get in that place. So that, you know, if the entity is is directly connected then there is, you know, the basic cleanup that we're doing. And that goes, you know, you start out with first, you go back to Michael, and then you ask him, I ask you now to clear from whoever the client is, everything that has come to him or her as a result of this entity's attachment, including all encodings, and encodings are just, you know, little little mini programs, you know, kind of in the in the computer. Mhm. And uh, or even you might even think of them almost as viruses. And encodings and the results of these encodings, which is anything created by them, all embedded invitations and permissions, and all programs producing such invitations. Because when entities attach to us, they aren't just feeding from us. They're dumping all kinds of crap into us. Right. You know, they're doing, they're doing their level best to, um, to maintain their access to the food source and maintain uh, the, the negative energy production, emotional energy production that's coming from us. So they're, they're going to do all kinds of things 
you know, uh, uh, to do so, you know, to help themselves. Now, in some of these things that they do have negative effects on us, cause us health problems and issues or mental issues uh, that come up and and create other wounds that, that happen and new trauma as a result of their presence. Mm-hmm. So we have to address that as well. So the next step would be to call in Raphael, Archangel Raphael, I call on you now and ask that you bring healing to all damage, corruption, and ill effects of this entity of this entity's presence. I also ask that you heal the wounds, fears, and memories that call this entity into the client's name, their biofield, and also to heal and neutralize the emotional triggers which fostered it. And I think you heard me do a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. Today. Yeah. And, I, and I, the angels, they work with me in partnership. It's just like as I was going through that, this, I knew I had to do that, you know. And I'm thinking, you're making me do this because we're teaching this today, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So once we get done with getting the healing part of it done, then we come to Raziel, and he's got a lot of roles to play here because of being connected to the Akashic Records and knowledge and past lives and all of this stuff. Um, we get to ask him to do a lot, and this can get kind of involved. And if you forget one or two things, just count on the angels to remind you, you know, what may need to be done. Because all of it may not need to be done at any given time, Right. But, uh, you know, I just put it all here because you never know. Mm-hmm. The beloved Archangel Raziel, I call upon you now. ask that you remove this, uh, remove this, whatever the situation is, the entity and, and everything involved in it, um, from his or her Akashic Records, Matrix and Light Body Memories, course, we have our energetic matrix and we have our light bodies which are contained in that matrix. And each of them has their own sort of memory storehouse. And there is uh, then the DNA and cell memory. The physical body memory. The ego matrix. And the physical body matrix. And the ego matrix is a basic, is the, is the um, I don't know, I'll use it, it's the only word that's coming to me right now, even though it's a ridiculous word, is compendium uh, or aggregate of um, the ego program and everything that, that's contained into it. Maybe kind of a, Sort of a mix between an outline and an index. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of of the ego, the functioning the functioning uh-huh. ego. Um, and then there's the physical body matrix. We have the physical body memory, which is uh, again um, there is there's a, a a part of our uh, physical body that has a memory of things that happen that go on with it. 
And then there is also the physical body matrix itself, which is pretty much the physical body. But it's the, the energetic matrix of the physical body, which records uh, a lot of this stuff and holds it. And it would seem like the two would be the same. They're not mm-hmm. quite. So the physical body, and the physical body matrix is only something that just came to me recently. Um, and and when I started using it, the response was, was I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I've been missing this all this time. Uh-huh. So that that's another one to, to go into. Now there's one that I haven't put down here yet. And sometimes, depending on what the situation is, There may whatever it is that's that's attracting the entity in the first place may be something that is that is um held in the collective unconscious. And so we will we will ask I'll ask Raziel or Metatron, who's in, uh with the mind, to disconnect the client from all parts of the collective unconscious mm-hmm. that are also feeding this issue and sustaining this issue or related to it. That's just something I'm going to throw in there. I'm going to that all of this. I haven't included everything for this week's class because there was so much. I didn't want your head to be totally spinning. Um, <laughs> Too late. No. Yeah, I know, I know, but there there is so much more. But I wanted you to have, because what what I'm kind of laying down here is the basics. Once you get past this, it, it's kind of tweaking it depending on the particular situation. Uh huh. And it's just a matter of getting used to how to deal with it each time. Yeah. So we have all of that stuff. So that's Raziel, and then the, the last thing we'll ask Raziel to do is to clear all energetic entanglements. Energetic entanglements occur when our boundaries to our own personal biosphere mm-hmm. are breached, and we have a connection, a direct connection of energies between another person and ourselves. Uh-huh. And if that that person is car- you know is carrying entities, that entity is connecting with us directly from that person to ourselves. Sometimes we're the ones who initiate the connection. So remember what I've talked about with empaths. And yeah. part of the problem with empaths is that that breaching, that breaking out through um our boundaries. Yeah. And doing those direct connections. Well, when we get enmeshed with them, it's it's kind of like Siamese twin time, you know. Our energies are intertwined, and yeah. we need to be, you know, we need to be separated. Uh huh. So what we're going to ask we ask Raziel to do is to clear those energetic entanglements. Okay. You, you think of. Um, all I can think of when I think of energetic entanglements, if you've ever um, seen pictures of, um, say, like 
I don't know, mold or fungus. Yeah. Growing and and sort of growing toward each other or growing together. Uh-huh. All the filaments get entangled together. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the only thing I can think of as an as an image to sort of describe what's happening with the energetic uh-huh. entanglements. Yeah. And so we, we clear these. Raziel will clear those. Then we ask him to pull the client's energies, or ours if it's ourself, back within the boundaries of, of their own biosphere. That should be within. And to restore then the boundary. I will also uh, a lot of times ask you know Raziel to remove whatever it is that fostered the breach or the connection. But mm-hmm. when you're working when you're working in this way where you already have the entity and you're and you're pretty sure that you you know the entity is is responsible for the breach, you know then you don't have to worry about that. Right. So, okay. And we can also have energetic entanglement. Mostly it's with other people, but unfortunately, because of the nature of electronic devices, we can also have entanglements with them. Right. The last step in the process in this process is to ask Archangel Michael to clear any remaining energetic debris of the entity removal and the whole process from your client and to restore the client's shield and protection. Because it's pretty well guaranteed that whatever you're doing is blowing the shield wide open. Mm-hmm which is another reason why you work in protected space is so that everybody is, is kept safe and shielded um, from the outer shield of the temple. So that's the basic process. And that's what you're dealing with when you've got a direct connection of some kind. Mm-hmm. Now, if, we're going, if you find that the entity is coming from an indirect source, we have a few other steps to add. Um, and again, I'm going to just share basics here. I'm not going to give any verbatims uh, for you to understand. And I think that as I read through these, you will understand them because some of these you've already experienced through our clearance and things in class. Mm-hmm. And I love the way the angels make sure that that works. Mm-hmm. So um, the thing to remember here is even though the process is very similar for each one of these things, we need to go in with an open mind. We have to not get stuck in a routine. Mm-hmm. Of just, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this step, this step, this step, this step, this step, this step. Okay, done. Um, you have to be open to new things coming in because... Every freaking situation is different. 
there is no such thing as a routine um, entity removal. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, there just there just isn't. Everyone is they're different entities, different circumstances, different access points. It, it's it's all you know, it all contains something different. Just for an example um, of how everything is interconnected, and I know you know this, but I I dealt with a client on Saturday. It wasn't an entity removal. This was a an Akashic and DNA clearing and healing uh-huh. uh, for an issue that she was dealing with. And she was absolutely stunned by how many places were connected to this issue. It was in the general generational matrix and generational archetypes. We had past lives. We had ancestral lifetimes. We had wow. tribal stuff coming in. You name it. You know there were there were connections to it in all of these different places. Wow. Yeah. And so it's all still. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What? Wait a minute. What is going on here? My Cortana just decided to start talking. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> okay. It keeps um decided to pop up. I don't know why. So that things are just there's so many different areas that these can be connected in. Even if the entity isn't in all of these places Whatever drew the entity in is probably connected to a lot of different things. So you may find an entity coming to a person through a past life, but the wound or the issue that's coming through the past life may also be represented in an ancestral lifetime. Mm-hmm. So there may be something coming in through that. There may be another entity coming in through that that you weren't aware of at the time. Or you may find that it directs you to there as being a curse, hex, or spell coming from an ancestral lifetime that is the root cause of this wound. Uh, It's crazy, absolutely crazy, how interconnected uh, this is. And I have to, every time, you get to a point when you're doing this work, Mm-hmm. And every time somebody asks you, you know, offers you a oneness blessing, you kind of cringe. Mm-hmm. And you say, no, I don't think I want to be one with all of that. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Yeah. I haven't figured out the real reason for the oneness blessing. I just know that Michael wouldn't let me receive it when I was in the angel ministry. Uh-huh. Because we came here, we come here to be separate. Right. We come here to this planet to be separate. We don't come here to be one. Now, to recognize on an, an a mental level, an intellectual level, that, yeah, we are basically all one, that we're all interconnected, 
uh, and and we need to realize that. That's fine. But I don't want to open myself up to any more connection to people who are not ready to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be connected to everybody else's garbage. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I get enough of that as it is. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people... Yeah, you know, there are, I'm, I wonder how many of the people that are so into this oneness blessing really have the sensitivities to know when they're when they're under attack or when they're opening to this stuff. Uh-huh. So, anyway, that's just my little aside. That's kind of one of my pet peeves, but because of the field that I work in, I suppose. Yeah. So we have a bunch of different things that could come up. One of the first, in past lives and ancestral lifetimes, we have to ask Michael first to remove the entity from the past life connection or the ancestral connection. And then we have to ask Raziel to sever those connections. Mm-hmm. And, whoops, I'm going to have to resend this to you. Well, no, because we need to, um, Raziel has to sever the connection. And then he needs to, you know, you, we need to ask him to remove everything that's come through those connections, just like we have before with the with the other entities. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to proceed with the rest of the stuff from Raziel, which is has to do with removing from the Akashic Records, the Matrix, you know, the physical body memory, et cetera, et cetera. You go through all of those. You'll just go back to that place. Once you get the, you know, the entity removed and the connections severed, then you go back to um, proceed just as I have already outlined. So then the next one would be the generational matrix, which is a little bit different than the past lives and the ancestral stuff. Because the the generational matrix is connected to a bunch of different people. It isn't just connected to your clients. So, you know, and then also in this same method, it is, you know, this comes with cords of attachment to other people too. So again, Michael has to be asked to remove the entity from the generational matrix and everyone connected to it. The Archangel Michael, I call on you now and ask that you remove this entity from the generational matrix, you know, and from everyone connected to it. Or everyone that is connected to through it. Because if you leave the son of a gun connected to one of those people. Mm-hmm. it's not going to be taken into the light. Mm-hmm. And it's going to continue to hang in there. You've got to take it from everyone or you're, it's right back again. I learned this early on. I found out that when I would remove entities from my son, because mm-hmm. I had a sort of attachment to my son, that if it, well, no, when I was removing, yeah, because... When I removed entities from me, if they were coming from my son, his cord of attachment would cause them to be reintroduced to me again. So unless I remove from both of us, uh-huh. 
it wasn't gone. It was still going to come back to me again. And so the same principles are, are, are in place with the generational matrix and attachments and in whether it's attachments to other people. So Michael has to be asked to remove the entity from the generational matrix and everyone connected to it. Then Raziel has to be asked to disconnect the generational matrix from all these people. There is there's one other step that I'm going to write in here too that as I'm it's it's hard to do this when you're writing it and you're going through the process and you're trying to get it right. But there's one other step here. And I'm I'm going to put, like I said, I'm going to send this revised to you. Okay. Um, but it's, Michael must be asked to remove the entity from the generational matrix and all connected to it. Um, but you also have to, um, in the names of everybody in the matrix, You have to um, revoke all permissions and agreements that may be in place for this thing to be there. Again, if it has permissions, it's not going anywhere. Michael mm-hmm. can't remember. So we need to, and when you ask Raziel to disconnect the generational matrix, all of these people, you have to ask that it serves the highest good because there may be some people who need to be connected for this for whatever their soul growth requires. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for like I came across one the other day where um, I asked Raziel if there was and Michael that if if there was no need for for this part of the matrix to be, you know, if it didn't serve the highest good of, of us or or anyone coming after us in these generations, could this part of the matrix be removed? And it was. Mm-hmm. So there was a problem part of the matrix that I actually had removed so that no you know that we couldn't be plagued through this anymore. But I don't know how often you'll come up against that, but that stuff um we those are the kind of things that we're gonna go deeper into when I do the the, the master teacher course um uh-huh. come summer. 
those are the kind of things that you have to you have to have practiced this enough to have gotten a feel for it. Uh-huh. When you you kind of get that feel for you know what there's something else going on here, or or remembering it, or even getting strong enough in your own um, center and power. Right. To yeah. you know to ask for it and have it be done. Mhm. Okay. So we have Raziel is disconnecting um, the generation, everybody from the generational matrix that can be. Then if you're doing cord attachments, you have to ask Michael to remove the entity from all source hosts, which we just talked about. And you may only know of one other person that this, you know, that this entity might be attached to. Say, if it's you, um, mm-hmm. or you're working with a client, but there might be a number of them that this entity is feeding off of and from, uh-huh. or attached to. As a, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> typhoid Mary. <clears throat> Infecting other people. Mm-hmm. So once you once you do that part of it, once you get that removed and and you've um, cut cords from you know and removed entity from source hosts and and everybody else involved, and then you can go back to the removal process, starting from 4A, which is calling in Michael to um, clear everything that's come from it. Now, electronics, electronics are a pain in the butt. And again, I noticed that the angels had me do this today because I was teaching it today. (laughs) Uh, But electronics are really um, a hassle because we are the ones who are creating the connections to them. Uh Uh-huh. And it's very hard for us to not have these connections. <clears throat> we depend on electronics for so much in our lives. It's not just a matter of turning on the stove. We don't get connected to our stove, but we get connected to our laptops and our phones and our tablets because they connect us to other people. Right. And those that you know, then these these devices then kind of become a proxy for all other people, and everything comes through these things that triggers our wounds from other people or from other things that we read going on in the world. <clears throat> we get triggered by these things, but at the same time, we can also have. Uh, what I call a codependent relationship with them, because we know that we are, you know, that they're triggering us. Yet at the same time, we are there. Um, you know, we're constantly wanting that connection for whatever reason. Say, you know, in my in my case, and and a lot of people have this. And one of the things that is that is one of my wounds 
that I deal with clearing on a continuous basis and releasing because of my history, childhood history, is that um, fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that is need for validation and approval. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm connecting a lot of times with, with Facebook and with other places and things on the net, um, and things I will get triggered, say, if somebody doesn't like something that I have to say or that I post or, you know, they, they come out after me because of it, that triggers me. And it's like raises all kinds of stuff up, mm-hmm. which, which is fine because that shows me what I need to work on. But then on the other side, I'm constantly having to go to it to get the approval too. Am I good enough? You know, did people like what I have to say? Uh-huh. Neither one of those things is healthy. But we develop this codependent relationship through these devices. Mm-hmm. So we're just as attached to it as we would be to another person. Yeah. So it's not like we can just say, okay, I'm cutting this off because we're the one initiating it. We've developed a relationship with these devices. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have to do this a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. We have to ask Archangel Michael first to put a cloaking shield around the device if we know which one it is. If not, we just ask for all of them. But a cloaking shield is basically a reverse shield that we ask Michael to put around these things to contain all of the negative energy that's coming from them and the entity presences and stuff that's coming from them. Uh Uh-huh. Is to, is to contain it. You know, a regular shield, if we ask Michael to put a shield around us, that shield is meant to protect us from stuff coming into us, whereas the cloaking shield acts in reverse. Mm-hmm. And keeps stuff from coming out into our environment and, and attaching to us. Uh, it's amazing. I have uh, one of my, my other um, divine guardian said that she was sitting, her mother is also very talented, and they were sitting at her apartment one day, and her mother was saying, oh, wow, look, there's energy coming from your phone. Uh Uh-huh. And she turned around and she said, here, watch this. And she asked Michael to place a cloaking shield around the phone, and boom, it was gone. Oh. Her mother said, it's gone. (laughs) Wow. I always I always love it when I have when I have my students and everything come back and give me validation for these things because she has the ability to see this. Um, you probably do too. I don't. I feel it, you know. So I know that it's, it's there in that way. Yeah. 
but you know to actually see it and and see it just go poof not be there uh, you know anymore it was kind of cool i love that she told me that that's really cool <laughs> it is it is just wait till you try it and you know what i tried what i did today and and discovered the source of a of a rather nasty entity attachment for my own phone was um I took my um, spiritual protection spray, which basically I took pretty much every um, every one of those six bottles yeah. in the spiritual protection set, uh-huh. and I put about a half a dropper full into the spray bottle and then filled it up with water. Mm-hmm. And that's my spiritual protection spray. And I was just playing with it today, and I went around the house and started spraying it around the house to clear the space a little bit and clear up the the energies and some stagnant areas and all. And I got over in the living room to where my phone was sitting on the table, and I went and sprayed over top of the phone, and it was like, whoa, this entity just had a total conniption fit. And I was like, ah, now we know what's bugging me, you know. So I went and removed it from the phone and detached it from me and everything. But the reaction when I when I sprayed it over that phone was instantaneous. Wow. Awesome. So yeah. you, uh, you might try playing with that. Yeah, I think I will. <laughs> That's going to be great. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I liked that. It like, it just I was so surprised, but it, it was that entity was a nasty one, and it just really came back with a vengeance. It was like you ain't doing that to me. It was like okay. <laughs> so anyway, so what we you know <clears throat> we ask Michael, we just say Archangel Michael, please place a cloaking shield around whatever the object is at the highest possible intensity, density, integrity, protective and shielding power and function, now and for the next 12 hours or something better. Now, because these things are electronic, the shields really tend to get degraded a little, a lot faster than 12 hours. Uh-huh. So what I will do is like I did today on occasion. I don't do it every time. But every once in a while, I will I will ask Michael to put angels, uh, an angel uh, stationed with that electronic device to maintain the, the uh, cloaking shield uh-huh. throughout that time. And that seems to help. Now, the other thing that goes on here that we do have to remember is that since we're initiating these connections, um, we may wind up breaking through the cloaking shield. Mm-hmm. But we try not to. So the second step here after you got the cloaking shield on is is cutting the cords of attachment from these devices or to them. Then remove the entity, go through all of number four above as the original routine. Uh-huh. The other thing to do when you get is you also have to ask Raphael to heal whatever wounds and fears and codependent relationships are creating the connection. That's what we can work on. 
And that's not something that's going to happen instantaneously because a lot of these things are longstanding mm-hmm. and we have patterns surrounding them. All we can do is just keep asking and get Raphael to, you know, to just bring healing to it and keep healing it and keep healing it um, until we diminish our desire and our and our ego need for that kind of connection. So, that's as much of that as we're going to do this this week. Um, that's plenty for you to chew on right now. I'll have I have the rest of it to go through, but it's not a lot. All it is is the are these um, exceptional situations that just have some another step mm-hmm. to you have to go through. <clears throat> but this is plenty enough for you to deal with at this time. I mean, I know you're already. Your head's already spinning. You're like, oh, my God, how am I ever going to remember this? What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, well, I trust the angels when the time comes. and you know. Yeah, exactly. You already have the download for all of this stuff. You mm-hmm. have all of this wisdom sitting there. So what I'm doing is I'm feeding this to you so that you have um, a mental focus for it that your mind has has cataloged this somewhere and that it, it, it actually is connected to the download uh-huh. as I'm giving this to you. So that when you need it, you have two points of correspondence that are going to come to you. Yeah. That are going to help you understand what you have to do and, and move through it. Mm-hmm. I love the download thing. That just that was one of the most awesome things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody else teaches a course by giving you a download at the beginning of it. <laughs> no, nobody does that. And you, you know, know? It, was, it was really neat how you know the first the first class. You know, he said Archangel Michael would give me a message. And as he was handing me the sword, and I, I didn't, and I was so focused on, at the time when you were telling me all this, I was overwhelmed that the ego stepped in the way and says, I, you're not going to get the message. Oh, my God, what if I don't hear the message? What am I going to do? And, and uh-huh. I didn't. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't hear the message. And then I heard, don't worry, you'll hear it later when it's time. And then, you know, the next day. Uh, I you do a lot of automatic writing, and all of a sudden, with the message that Michael had given to me, just came through. You know, it started coming coming through, and it was, uh-huh. and I I did I wrote it down, and it was basically you know don't you know forget everything else, just relax, don't let the ego get in the way. You've got this. You you've got this. You can handle this. Uh huh. And I'm going to be with you. And it's not just me, but all of the other angels. You know, you saw us there surrounding you. You've got this. So stop overwhelming yourself. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> so wonderful things, as I wrote uh, in that one post today. You know, when you when you open up to admit to working, you know, open up to the to the working with angels, on this kind of a, a, a close partnership basis where they're part of your every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, and, and you open up to that, things just happen and the angels are so thrilled to have people do that 
that they just, they, as soon as you give them permission, you get into that relationship, man, they are just smoking to help you get stuff done. Uh-huh. They yeah. are there all the time, and they clear the runways, and, and they help you move forward, and they show you the possibilities, and they guide you and nudge you on the path. Sometimes they kick us in the ass to get us on the path, but, you know, that they are there. Their presence is palpable. It's like I, I lived, my, my husband left in June of 2000. And I've had a couple of relationships since then. But I have to tell you, I have such a close freaking relationship with the angels that I almost never feel lonely. Uh-huh. Almost never. Right, Yeah. It's crazy. It's like they're always there. You know, when you have somebody living with you there, you have that, the energy of their presence is there. And Uh so most people, when they're feeling lonely, that's what they're feeling is they're not feeling that presence, that energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I am surrounded by the presence of the angels and masters all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's, and they even give me angel hugs once in a while. You know, <laughs> I love it. I just said that, and I'm getting one now. <laughs> so, anyway, now we get to our friend who has been actually waiting pretty patiently. His energies are still pretty strong, but he got far enough away that we could get through this. Yeah, yeah, he's been making his presence quite known. <laughs> yeah. So, one favorite. Um, can we take a, a minute break? Yes, certainly. Certainly. Let's make it uh, most, five minutes. They have a habit, and I've noticed, whenever a spirit is very strong, they like to attack my bladder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's, say, let's make it five minutes. I'll get another cup of tea. I'll be good. Okay. All right.
I am back whenever you're ready. get a new cup of tea. I really only just had to warm up the one I had. Okay, so we're moving into helping spirits cross into the light. So being a divine guardian is not just all about chasing bad guys away. Um, It's also about helping those that need help in some way. And it just happens to be the call of the guardian that most of the time that people need help, it involves chasing bad guys away. Right. But sometimes the needing help means that there are spirits who, for whatever reason, have not crossed into the light. We call them the discarnate spirits. Mm -hmm. Some of these just um, have not wanted to leave for whatever reason. They may have wanted to stay close to their loved ones. They may feel they have unfinished work. They want to just may want to just hang around and see what happens. They don't know what's going to happen when they go into the light, so they don't know if they're going to be able to see what's going on. Um, you know, any number of different reasons. A lot of them have fears about going into the light because they're told, you know, that they were sinners and they're going to go to hell, et cetera, et cetera. God's going to punish them all of these things so they you know so they don't want to take their chances and and they won't go into the light. Uh, my mother was one of those. That's why she stuck with me for 11 freaking years. She just she did, she didn't want to go. The the problem with that was that and it took me I I it took me two or three times. I can't remember for sure now to finally get her to go into the light. I had to plead with her to please leave me and go into the light because I all of her fears and everything and stuff mm-hmm. was was funneling into my energy fields all the time and creating issues for me. 
So it took me forever to get her. I finally had to remind her, you know, I, I look, you know, you were going to be, you're going to be able to see all your beloved dogs again mm-hmm. when you go through the lights. Um, you know, and your mother is going to be there waiting for you. And, you know, and it was just, it was finally, Mom, you got to leave because you're doing me more harm than good here. You're not doing anything for me by being here. Mm-hmm. So it, it took a while um, for me to get her to cross over. But that's a conversation that, you know, that we need to have when people are, are stuck on this side for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing here? That's when I've got a discarnate spirit comes to me is one of the first things I will do is ask Michael, is this is this spirit coming to me because it's ready to cross over? And, you know, most of the time it'll be a no, but every once in a while it's a yes. And then we go then I go ahead and, and help it do that. Now I don't know what methods you've used before and I'm assuming that you have. Yeah. My, yeah, I have a couple of times. Yeah, so I just developed this this method through, you know, the, the guidance from the angels and all to get uh, entities, and I won't say entities, spirits to cross into the light huh? and, and to go home. So, again, you've got the sacreds create the sacred space around you because you are dealing, when you're dealing with a, a discarnate spirit, you're also dealing in the in the realm of the astral plane. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make sure your shields are up and they're nice and strong. And sometimes the discarnate spirits that have been hanging around for a while tend to have a lot of dense energy attached to them. Yeah. They pick stuff up and yeah, they you know they just tend to be have really nasty low vibrational energies, mm-hmm. and, and and you know sometimes entity attachments, which kind of makes no sense because they're in a spirit form, but they still get junk connected to them. So um, they still have emotional energies, I guess, coming uh, that that are working even in the spirit form. Mm-hmm. So ask Michael to clear its energies. Uh, to remove all the entity attachments and, and so that, and you know, not so much for them because all that garbage is going to be gone as soon as they pass into the light. But you need it to be caught so that you can comfortably work with them. At least I do because, as I, you know, as you know, I get as soon as I'm, that stuff is anywhere around me, my sinuses just immediately fog up and fill up pressure yeah. all over the place. Um, so if I have to have them cleared so that I can even function, and they have to, again, they have to re- be removed from my energy fields. It used to be something I, I did all of the time is I would, I would have these discarnate, and some of them are really pushy. Yeah. They are really pushy. They want you to do it, and they want you to do it now. Huh? Like, wait a minute. How long have you been hanging around up there? Well, they, and get, they, they get excited when they when some they finally realize somebody can sense them, somebody can hear them and feel them, 
it, it they get excited and they're like, yeah, do this now, do this now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but and I would have to have them look. You've got to get out of my energy fields. You cannot be in my energy fields. I can't do this work. And I would be like, all right, look, you have to get out. And and they would sort of like get to the edge of the energy field, but they wouldn't leave it. They'd get to the edge, but they wouldn't leave it. That doesn't work for me. You know, I'm still, they're still there and interfering with my with my uh, abilities and sensitivities. Mm-hmm. And I, I would finally get to look. I'm going to count to three, and if you're not out of my energy fields by the time I count, I'm sorry, we're done. You're going to have to find somebody else to help you. And I would do that. And, you know, sometimes they would be gone at one, you know, the ones that weren't quite as pushy, but then there were some real insistent ones that they would actually get to three. I'd still be there, and I'd be like, "I'm sorry, Michael. Will you please take this this spirit from me now?" And Michael would be on board with it. Um, and so I would, you know, Michael, take the spirit from me now and keep it someplace safe. And almost without fail, every time one of them was pushy enough to go two, three, and still be there, and Michael would take them away. Um, a while later, Michael would bring them back, a much more contrite and ready to cooperate spirit, <laughs> so they could so they could go into the light. Uh-huh. So the next step is after you get the energies cleared, is to connect with the spirit to confirm that it truly desires to go home into the light. That that's what it's really there for. Uh huh. And again, you know that sometimes when they're just, they don't want to go into the light, they just want to hang around and they want to have some place that's fairly safe to do that. Right. And that's why they tend to, to hang on to us. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to be, they don't want to be stuck floating, floating around in the astral plane, which is not a very cool place to be. Right. And then the next thing you do is ask the spirit if it has any fears about going going through the light, going into the light and through that portal. And oftentimes they do. Now, some of them don't because they just hung around. You know, they know that they have to go into the light, but they chose to ha- hang around because of loved ones or something else that was going on. And once that's done and they're ready, it's like, okay, I need to find the light. Where is it? Um, you know, where's that portal? And they need to find somebody to help open the portal for them. Mm-hmm. So I just explain to them, I just talk to them. You know, I explain. I say, okay, you're going to see a swirling tunnel of rainbow-colored light with a bright white portal of light at its end. And that portal of light only gets bigger as it gets closer. At least that's my description of it. I don't know if you see it any differently, but that's mine. Um, And then I tell them that they're going to be connected to the energies of intense love, peace, and joy that are going to seem to pull them forward. Mm -hmm. Now, I had, and I know that this is true from my own experience, I had um, an experience of of grace back when I was about 24 years old, I guess. 23 or 24 
there had been an incident in, in in our family, or there was an ongoing incident in the family. <clears throat> my parents divorced, and my mom remarried. And my mom's um, psychological abuse of us mm-hmm. was really um, over the top. She even did stuff. She she would forbid us to make any have any contact with our father. Wow. She threatened me every year that I was in college that if I if she found out I was having any contact with my father that she wouldn't fill out the financial aid forms. Uh huh. That's Yeah. Yeah, and then she would pull the same thing with my sister over other stuff. Okay, you don't do this, I'm not going to fill out the forms. And so um, she, my sister was actually going to have, she, she wound up having my stepfather adopt her uh-huh. so that he could fill out the freaking forms. Uh-huh. And, yeah, and, and so my mother, and she was, and she was so mad at my mother that at this one Christmas she wasn't going to come home for Christmas uh-huh. to punish my mom. And I, my mom was absolutely distraught over this whole thing, of course, because of who she was and how she dealt with things. None of this was her fault. She was always the victim of everything. Mm-hmm. But she was really distraught, and I was upset because I was in the middle of it and looking at it, and, you know, I just felt that it was wrong. You know, sometimes we look back on our lives and we're like, where does this stuff come from? But I wrote a I wrote a letter to my sister. I said, "Look, you have I said, you know, I understand your feelings in this, and I don't condone what mom is doing and how she's how she's treated you in this case. She's done the same thing to me." I said, "But you only have one mother. And you need to honor the fact that she is your mother and that you have her and that she loves you in whatever way she has available to her to do it." You know, and I asked my sister to come home. I mailed off the letter. And um, the following Sunday, I went to church in the morning. And I went to the early service. And I was sitting in in a pew, and there was nobody in front of me for three three pews. There was also nobody behind me for another three or four pews. And I was alone in the pew I was in. So I laid down, I laid down, I, I kneeled down and I started praying and praying for my sister to come home, the situation at least to be resolved for Christmas. And I had tears streaming down my face um, because I was so upset about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I had this huge hand placed on the middle of my back. And as soon as that hand touched me, everything disappeared. That tears dried up immediately. This indescribable flood of love and joy and peace just blew through me. Absolutely amazing. That was the day, I, you know, when that came through me, that's when I said, you know what, I know that heaven exists because that's what it is. 
That is, we can't, you can't approach it in anything that we feel as humans in this lifetime because we can't hold that level of emotion. Right. But as soon as that happened, the tears just immediately dried up. I'm, I'm done. And I just knew that everything was going to be okay. And, of course, my sister came home. We had our Christmas together. Awesome. Yeah. So, but I, so, and I understand at that level, that receiving of grace, that that's what happens when we go through the portal of light when we die. Mm-hmm. All of the all of the negative stuff is just washed away in an instant, and we are mm-hmm. flooded with that amazing, pure energy of joy and love, and and peace, and all in you know God's mercy. All of that just is in an instant comes to us. So that's what I try and transmit to these discarnate spirits. Mm-hmm. What an amazing transformation it is. You know, we can't hold that stuff here, not because we're incapable of it so much, but because we have so much of the lower energy stuff that's clogging it up. You know, it, it just can't be because there's no room for it. So that's that's I just go into that little explanation. Uh-huh. You know, I also tell them that there there's going to be passed on, you know, loved ones that that are missing them and waiting for them to return. Maybe even pets that that are going to wait be waiting to greet them when they come when they go through the light into the portal of light into heaven. I go through that and give you guys, sometimes I do that. I don't do that all the time anymore. Sometimes I'll just say, are you ready to go into the light? Yeah. Got any fear about going into the light? No. Okay, fine. All right, angels, come get them. (laughs) Sometimes I will just do that. I get get a little bit lazy about it every once in a while. But, you know, I'm in the right frame of mind. I will go through and, and I'll go through, especially if I sense that that spirit needs it. Mm hmm that they need that little bit of, of um, assurance and, and preparation. So when you ask, you then ask the spirit if it is ready to go, and then when you get the, get the yes, I then call in the angels of heaven's gate to escort the spirit into the light. Well, and I can... A, huh? You get a no. Yeah, and, and I will just say, ask the angels of heaven's gate, escort the spirit into the light. And I can either, I can usually feel when they're gone. Uh-huh. I can feel when they've gone through. Yeah. I can actually, it's almost like I can feel the sucking sensation almost of the of the light pulling them through. Yeah. Then once they're, once they're through, just ask um, the portal to be closed. Ask the angels of heaven's gate to you know to close the portal, or the or the angel Azrael, who's the angel of death, and have Michael clear you of any remaining stuff that that 
came to you from a you know connection with that spirit. And sometimes you're going to get after they cross over. I've had uh, this great big hit of joy come sent back to me once they've gone in because they may have been afraid of going through and uh, you know not gone there and hung out and everything and then when they go through it's like oh wow 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 this is okay you know and so they will send me back this huge uh, flood of joy and gratitude and that I will get um, one of them even came and and was asking and sent me some kind of a healing that they sensed that I needed when they were here. That was kind of awesome, too. Yeah, that is neat. Yeah. So you may you may get that. I don't know if you've re- experienced that yet, but uh, you may get that. So um, it looks like we're going to practice a little bit of that with this uh, with this young man who has been actually fairly patiently waiting in the wings. Ooh. So I'm just going to ask you to go ahead and um, go through the process of sending him on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Age freight. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
Are you talking to the spirit? Mm-hmm. Are you talking to the spirit? He's, he's very Very energetic and very scared and very scared, but impatient all at the same time. You what? He's very scared. He's very. Mm. He's. Uh, he just has to know that, that where he is now is a much scarier place than going home into the light. I afraid that his, he won't be welcome because of what happened with his mother. You don't have to worry about that. It wasn't Not good. 
waiting for you. Everybody's waiting for you. already there. Did you feel him leave? I got like this very distinct warmness all over my back. Mm. Yeah, I had he was he was kind of attached sort of to the back of my head. Still here. Which I didn't realize until he left. And I could just feel this this big energy surge and I could feel kind of this oh boy, here I go, um kind of a thing. And and you know, that was kind of pulled away from me into into the into the light. It was very warm all over my back. Very warm mm. and got chills. He, yeah. he was he was afraid something happened that was not good. It wasn't his fault. Yeah. What happened wasn't his fault, and he was. Oh, I feel like crying. Use the fear of not being forgiven for what happened, and it wasn't his fault. What right. happened? His fault. Well, and it doesn't matter because you know, like I said, he's not going to get punished. No, he's doesn't not. it? Doesn't work like that. It, you know, he, the the only punishment that's going to be uh, meted out is by himself. When he gets there and he he sits down eventually and he goes through everything he went, you know, the life review and he gets to judge his own action. So I have to explain to him, your mother's already there. She's already in the light. God forgives. And he's been forgiven and it's, it wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. And even if it was, it could have been part of his plan. Right. Exactly. You know, so so that's why that's why they're you know the the whole thing about being afraid because you did this or you did that. Everybody that comes here, whatever they're doing, they're serving a purpose here of some kind. The worst, most heinous, murderous villain uh-huh. is still serving a purpose in the plan, and they can get up and take it into heaven and shake hands with everybody else when they get there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, poof, boy, that was a tough one. Uh huh. You know, when when they when you get when we get back home, and it all serves a purpose of some kind. That's just right now, all of the upheaval that we have going on in you know around the planet and our own political process, all of it is just it it, it is. Everything that needs to get cleared coming up mm-hmm. to the surface. People yelling about, um, you know, like candidates like Donald Trump and, and being so upset about all of his lack of political correctness. Well, one of the things that's happening is that political. Remember, spiritually, when we are in a spiritual, uh, we're talking about our spiritual growth. And we have to face those shadows. We have to let them come up and we have to recognize them and we have to deal with them at that level. We can't just pretend they don't exist by pushing them down and ignoring them. Right. 
Well, it's the same with political correctness. Political correctness has basically said it's not okay to have your feelings, so we're not even going to admit that they're there. Mm-hmm. And so all of these people have been carrying these feelings in this rage that they, not only their feelings, but then they've got this rage because they're not allowed to express them or they're castigated by the rest of society if they do, are now just bubbling up to the surface saying, oh, my God, I can finally say what I want to say. Somebody's given me permission to do it. Um, and it's just all coming out. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean that racism wasn't there. It doesn't mean that sexism wasn't there before, you know, while we were all being politically correct. It just meant that we were pushing it down and stuffing it down our throats and not saying anything. Mm-hmm. It might have been construed in the wrong way. We we're giving up our power to something else. And so that's what happens. Yeah. It just that, you know, the whole the whole world, we got so much going on that needs to be cleared, needs to become up, things that we need to see. And we need to understand that we're a part of it. You know, that's where the kind of the oneness comes in, is mm-hmm. that everything that's going on in this world today is something that in, at some level we have agreed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talk about financial inequity and inequality. Well, we've agreed to that. Right. At some spiritual, now you think, of all the people, if you took all the people in the United States and talking about how, yeah, all these people are so rich, blah, 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 and the rest of us are so poor, and, well, you know, we ought to limit what the rich gets and and give us more. If you ask them at the fundamental level in this country, should you be allowed the freedom to earn whatever you can earn, to be as rich as you want to be. I don't think there are too many people in this country that would say no. Yeah, really. (laughs) They, They wouldn't. So there is that underlying agreement that we have the right to have as much money as we choose to have. Now, the other part of that is there is, okay, then if you're allowed to have as much as you want to have, we haven't ever put any um, boundaries or not very many on how you achieve that. Mm-hmm. And things like the stock market and, and you know, other methods of trading where, okay, today, uh, you know, today a, a bag of flour is worth this much and, uh, you know, tomorrow it's worth another price has has just... You know, never, never had any any rules put around it mm-hmm. because it's all about we're allowed to make as much as we want. We're all allowed to get rich. It's capitalism, and it's and it's you know at its highest form here in this country. And the fact that that kind of capitalism and the beliefs that were associated with it were going to eventually cause what we're living in now was never foreseen. But we're all part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with everything that's going on in the Middle East and in other parts of the world. It's not all about money. There are other issues going on. There's religion and everything else. And so um, 
whatever is coming to the surface is just something we need to look at and we need to own. And we've said, okay, I own this and I see this and we have to send love to it and then say, okay, now what do we do? We have to own and heal it in each one of us. We can't Mm -hmm. do anything about it where it is until we heal it in each one of us. And once each one of us owns it and heals it, that diminishes the situation because it no longer needs to be seen. Now, the chances of all of the people who need to see this actually doing the work to do it at this stage in our evolution are pretty, you know, like slim and far between. Yeah. Slim to none. Um, And so the process has to play itself out. One of the things that happened to me as I was going through my whole experience of lack and loss that I I realized when I got to the end of it, after I'd lost everything, Mm -hmm. there was a certain amount of freedom in that. Yeah. Because I lost everything, I no longer, all of the things that I had been so afraid of had come to pass, and okay, here I am, still. Right. Okay, the worst has happened, and I'm still here. And I had a roof over my head, you know, and I had food on the table. So there there was a certain amount of freedom of saying, wow, I've already faced that. Mm-hmm. It's done, you know. Or there are other times when, and, you, and I know that you know these times, where we have to get that, that, that smacker over the head with the two-by-four. Yeah. In order to recognize what's really going on and what, what needs to change. And so Uh in a lot of places, there's a lot of those two-by-fours being wielded in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the only way that people who are in such density can recognize what's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And be forced to make the changes. Right. So anyway, that's my my little uh, spiritual political discourse for the day. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're over schedule and... uh, it's time to time to head out, and maybe I can do something else today, like I thought I was going to do earlier when I thought we were going to meet at four thirty. <laughs> yeah, about. <laughs> Sheesh, boy, what a strange class with that with that that kid sitting hanging out there, kind of muddling up both of our brains. Well, it was funny because I actually had to order flowers today, you know. For him, from not mm-hmm. just us, but from everybody that works under my husband at Harrisburg Garage, mm. and I, you know, I had to pull up his obituary, and it was like he was when his picture was there, and it was like he was talking to me, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to deal. This is this is it today, isn't it? This is part of what's gonna happen today. I just I knew. Uh huh. And, you know, it's, the whole thing with being smacked upside the head with a two-by-four, it's like it, it's there. And sometimes I, I realize that that's what it is that's coming through. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, I, I'm just sometimes the ego steps in the way for fear of screwing something up, you know, for this young man. I was like, if I don't do this right, 
and and help him the way he needs help. You know what I mean? Right. No, making yeah. sense. Yeah. So you know the, the the want and the need to help is is there, but I still yeah. have to work on. on well, you did a great job. Thank you. Because he's gone. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. That's definitely dealing with some stuff. Yeah. Well, everybody does at some point. All right, my dear, we will see you next week. I will just, I will let you just, I will send you a revised uh, copy, but um, just spend some time reading over it, getting familiar with this stuff um, a little bit more so that your mind is more tuned into it. Right. Yeah. That when you need to deal with it, you will. Uh, I can promise you there's going to be something happen in the ceremony, the completion ceremony next week. have no <laughs> idea what it is. That's all up to the angels. They got it covered. I, <laughs> I, think, I, just, I love it when I say stuff like that. I'm the whole top of my head to just get this big uh-huh. yes. I got goosebumps <laughs> all over. Oh, my gosh. And it's 72 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so you know whatever it is, no, you got it. It's not you know it's not going to be a problem. But I have no idea what it's going to be. It just shows up, and um, that's fine because that's what makes you. That's another thing that makes the courses that I give so unique is that it's not just like you read a book and okay, you're done. This is just so in your face with the angels. <laughs> they're very hands on. Yes, they most certainly are. <laughs> all right, all right my dear. Have a great week. Okay. Love to you. Happy belated Easter and all that stuff, and happy birthday. Okay, love to you too. Have a good one. All right, bye.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.